Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love and dating. I got a big heart. And I'm very forgiving, but like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Hello and welcome to the Bechdel cast. My name is Caitlin Durante. My name's Jimmy Loftus. And here we are doing this really silly bit again. For the second episode in a row. I can't wait to hear how much people fucking hate it. I think uh, whenever no we do like a Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie, Which even though he is, he is not, not Australian. Australian. <laughs> <laughs> so we here on the Bechdel cast talk about the portrayal of women in movies. We use yeah. the Bechdel test as a jumping off point to initiate a larger conversation about the representation of women. Wait, what's the Bechdel test? It is a test that you apply to uh-huh. a movie. Uh-huh. It requires that a movie has two named female identifying characters. Uh-huh. They have to speak to each other. Uh-huh. And that conversation cannot be about men. Oh, very few movies pass this very simple test that doesn't sound that hard to pass. But uh, the thing is that movies hate women and movies don't like women to be in them. Can we beta test it really quick? Yeah. Hey, Caitlin. Hey, Jamie. They changed the name of my favorite donut. What? (laughs) They changed the name of my favorite donut at Dunkin' Donuts from the vanilla cream donut to life is a party. So now every time (laughs) I want to get my favorite donut, I have to go in and be like, I'll have one life is a party. (laughs) And the person working there always laughs. (laughs) It sucks. And that passed the Bechdel test. It sure does. Okay. Well, I'm sorry that happened to you. <laughs> Thank sorry you. about your tragic <laughs> it's like life. like three mornings in a row where I just have to say light. And I have tried this morning to be like, can I have a vanilla cream donut? And they're like, which one? It's like, life is a party. <laughs> Unbelievable. The chocolate cream donut's name, unchanged. I don't understand what the whole, anyways. Mm. Hmm. Well, that's all I have to say. Uh, hey, quick plug at the top of the show. <gasps> wee wee if you live in the Los Angeles area, uh, yeah, I do. Yes, yeah, so do I, and that's uh-huh. why we're going to be doing a live show 
in Los Angeles Hell yeah. on September 15th at 9 p.m. at The Ruby, which is a really cool comedy venue. We are really excited for it. We haven't done a live show in L.A. in a while, and we are covering Edward Scissorhands with one of my favorite people in L.A. and a first-time guest to the podcast, Maggie Mae Fish, who I'm especially excited to have on for this particular episode because she recently did this amazing video essay about the work of Tim Burton and how it is, spoiler alert, toxic and racist Uh whoopsies anyways it's gonna be a fun show (laughs) super fun so don't forget september 15th at 9 p.m in los angeles at At the the ruby for tickets go to bechtelcast.com click on the live appearances tab there's a link there and come to the show and uh we'll we're so excited to meet you Let's talk about a movie, and even before we do that, let's introduce the guest that we have today with us. She is wonderful. She is an actor. She is a comedian. Lacey Mosley! Hey, thank you, Caitlin. What an intro. Oh, you know, there's... (laughs) I've done this before. (laughs) Only facts. Just facts. (laughs) I have a master's degree in intros, so (laughs) I got this. Welcome. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. And thank you for bringing us the movie we're talking about today popular request mm-hmm. people ask for it a lot we're talking 10 things i hate about you yes. so Lacey, what is your history your relationship with 10 things i hate about you um my relationship with this movie is honestly it conned me it conned mm-hmm. me as a child because i wasn't in high school when this came out i think i was pretty young and i thought that i was gonna get to high school and everybody was gonna be 28 with a connecting beard <laughs> and fine as fuck and i was ready my little loins were ready uh-huh. and then i got there and i was like y'all look corny y'all cornballs like nobody was fine why is everyone sweating <laughs> nobody <laughs> nobody was Heath ledger no, no one no nobody one, no, no, one was, no one was close at all no one was paying <laughs> someone else to take you out on dates exactly we have no Heath Ugh. Ledger no Heath Bar even <laughs> and there wasn't no activities I bet mean, no. you never do no activities I never went paintballing mm. I was never in nobody's lake or river right <laughs> a date was like oh we gonna go to the Chick-fil-a <laughs> like, yeah we're literally going to the nearest fast food right restaurant. and sitting there and being excited that our parents let us out the house like that was it it was so disappointing <laughs> I'm so sorry <laughs> this does really prep you for a very 1999 fake ass version of high school that oh, right? simply does not happen does not exist. Uh, Jamie what's your relationship your history saw it yesterday mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> saw it yesterday like most movies we've covered i was like i'll get around to this one mm-hmm. but i didn't i i think part of the reason i avoided it was because i just like didn't grow up watching movies that much mm-hmm. and so i didn't like know much about this movie until Heath Ledger had already died and i'm like mm-hmm. oh man if, if this movie sucks then i'll think less of him and <laughs> he can't redeem himself in my eyes which is what with being dead and all <laughs> so Rest in power. Seeing as he's deceased, maybe I'll just not watch it. Which is <laughs> kind of like backwards. Yeah. <laughs> to honor him, I'm going to disengage from his work entirely. <laughs> Give him the chance to not fail in my eyes. Yeah. I also used to have a thing with not liking Julia Stiles. Was that like a, a thing or was that just uh, me being rude? Um, I don't really know. I don't remember how people viewed her because she. this was kind of her like prime and then this and like well she was in save the last dance which i haven't seen in forever mm-hmm. and then black people else? enjoyed her 
We enjoyed Julia. Mm-hmm. You like Julia? Yes, yes. After Save the Last Dance, we were like, you're all right, Julia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you may stay. <laughs> I do appreciate her uh, repping the A cups. Uh, you know, it's nice to see someone with A cups uh, get laid. That's sure. always good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's always good. Felt seen. Now when I think about it, Julia really doesn't, like, her whole body and face is very regular. She's a yeah. yeah, like she's not. It's kind of it's really dope to see yeah. that. Just like you don't have to have the you know Sophia Vergara breasts or J Lo booty to be in a movie and get kissed on by Heath Ledger. <laughs> so that's nice. It's good to it. I, I like living in the fantasy world where it's like no Heath Ledger lives for A cups. <laughs> you know, I'm like you know what? I'll engage with that fantasy. Sure. Yeah. My history with this movie it came out in '99. I was 13. So I was, like, the right age to be, like, watching this movie, Mm -hmm. like, gobbling it up. I think I saw it right around the time that it came out. But I didn't, like – this wasn't a movie that I, like, watched over and over or anything like that. I saw it probably twice in my teenage years. Uh, I was too busy being, like, I'm a cool girl who watches Indiana Jones every day. I don't have time for this, like, high school movie stuff. (laughs) Um, I know, I was one of those cool girls. You weren't like the other girls? Is that I what you're saying? It's a little different from the other girls? You know what? <laughs> Sorry, everybody, but that is I thought who I was. I, was. I thought I was that girl, too. I'm like, I, I kind of like shop at Hot Topics sometimes. Like, they're like, <laughs> like you mean like all, every other Excuse girl? Excuse you. <laughs> Stephen Masseroni worked at Hot Topic, and he was cute. Mm. Right, right, right. I just went in there to look at naked stuff. Yeah. they had naked stuff in Hot Topic. Did they? <laughs> they had a lot of soft porn in yeah, Hot Topic. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember Naked that. birthday cars, all types of stuff. We just go in there and get our thrills. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I didn't have Cinemax, okay? <laughs> uh, so I saw this a, a couple times as a teenager and then didn't revisit it until the other day. And I've watched this movie three times in a row since then. I, I'm going to – I like this movie. <laughs> I didn't think that I did, but after having... Re- it's, like, so much funnier than I remembered. It and is funny. it's, like... Oh, man. I mean, it's... Oh, God. There's a lot to unpack. There's a lot for us to discuss, but I have a fondness for this movie that I was not expecting to have. There's, like... This is one of these movies where I think if I saw it at the, like, right time, if I'd seen it, like, high school time, I would love it, but I, I don't know. I'm like, it's fine. And yeah. it's, like, all these, like, Shakespearean adaptations are just, like... You're like, yeah, that's probably not going to be that good for women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chances are. Right. If it was written originally in 15... what Fucking whatever. Yeah. I'm a genius. <laughs> uh, There's been so many. Well, she's yeah. the man. She's so, the man. Which she's the man, actually. Which is on our list of things to cover. Hopefully yeah. we get to it soon. Lion King. But this is Taming of the Shrew, right? Yes. Yeah. And I have not read The Taming of the Shrew, but I did read the first few paragraphs of the Wikipedia article about it, so I'm basically a scholar. <laughs> Whoa, master's degree flex. I have a master's degree in specifically the Wikipedia article of The Taming of the Shrew. (laughs) I just want to read an excerpt from it where it basically just describes the plot of that play. The main plot depicts the courtship of Petruchio and Katharina, the headstrong, obdurate shrew. Initially... (laughs) Initially, Katharina is an unwilling participant in the relationship... 
hot. <laughs> Yikes. However, this is a comedy, right? This is one of his comedies. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is not a horror movie. This is a comedy. Uh, <laughs> however, Petruchio, quote unquote, tames her with various psychological torments, oh, such God. as keeping her from eating and drinking. What? <laughs> until she becomes a desirable, compliant, and obedient bride. Oh my god. That is And I, that's the happy ending. Yay. Yeah. Have either of you read the play? Not for a long time. Yeah, re- years ago. Yeah, like in high school, yeah. I think. It's so weird that they would let high school girls read that play of <laughs> yeah. like and the, he this is the greatest writer of all time. And you're like, he's starving her and killing her and it's a comedy. Uh-huh. Well, that's horrifying. Mm-hmm. That's not good to hear. So the, the movie seems to leave some of that, like, you know, torture behind. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it takes a little bit of a different direction. So I I'll... appreciate that. <laughs> the times have changed a little bit. A little bit. Like, not... like the director's cut has Julia Stiles starving, <laughs> like locked in her room. Like she started with D cups and then he lunch her, starved her. Um <laughs> At least it's not like the Shakespeare adaptation. Like, what this? What's the like the Boz Luhrmann? Isn't he Australian? Yes. Yeah. He did like Romeo plus Juliet, and it was oh, like yeah. it's exactly Romeo and Juliet, but they're wearing Hawaiian shirts for some reason. <laughs> You're just like, okay, I guess. Yeah. I mean, uh, Shakespeare. The adaptations of Shakespeare throughout the ages. They're Lion King <sighs> is great. Mel Gibson's in a Hamlet movie. Oh, whatever. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Okay, Ooh. so uh, Mess. so Mess. the movie Ten Things. I hate about you uh takes this basic concept of having to tame a shrew and you know takes it <laughs> takes it in a little bit different so of a direction <laughs> so so she's a shrew because she just wants to like think on her own yeah. and like, live her own life uh-huh. he's like she can read don't give her food <laughs> that's exactly it <laughs> Uh, so I'll do the recap of the movie. Uh, it takes place in a high school in the greater Seattle area. Oh, yeah, real Frasier vibes at the top of this movie. <laughs> You're like, oh, Space Needle. Salad and scrambled Sun- eggs. <laughs> Suddenly I'm like, Niles, where are you? <laughs> Uh, okay, so we meet Kat. That's Julia Stiles' character. Um, she is a feminist killjoy who hates everyone. She's a senior, I think, in high school. Uh, her yeah. sister, Bianca, who is a sophomore, is... Who's played by the girl who played Alex Mack on Nickelodeon. Oh, yeah, I didn't watch I that show. put that together. Yeah, a little, little girl detective. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, so Bianca is a sophomore. She is popular, and she wants to date boys. Their dad does not want either of them to date anyone because he does not like women to have agency or autonomy over their bodies. Their dad is also played by the same guy who plays the stylist in The Princess Diaries, <laughs> Paolo Putinesca. <laughs> and their mom's dead, right? Their mom, Did she it seems like she leave? left. Yeah, they thought she died. Maybe. Wait, they, they talk, talk about, about it leaving. like she died, but then later they say she left. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think she left. I think okay. yeah, no they're... explanation provided because there's like that scene where Alex Mack is wearing the pearls mm-hmm. and Julia Stiles is like, "Why are you wearing those pearls?" And they're like, "She's not coming back." Which I was like, "Oh, so she's so dead, she's dead right?" They're like, no, she just didn't like you. Like, I don't know. <laughs> she just abandoned them. I don't know why and she left. Doesn't want to come back. And <laughs> like left all of her trinkets with them. <laughs> like, abandoned them. <laughs> Right, like she right. just left in the night Remember with me. none of her stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but I won't be back. <laughs> like what? It's ninety nine. She could have like a beeper or something. I don't know. Either way, they're they're kind of Disney princessed because they don't have a mom. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, 
their dad comes up with the rule that if Kat, who hates everyone, if she dates, then Bianca is allowed to date. What a wild way to, like, communicate to your own daughter that you find her to be unfuckable. (laughs) It's like, this bitch will never get a man. So So my hot daughter that I have a crush on can't go on dates either. either. Get your chastity belts on, girls. Put that bread down. Some food. Chastity, chastity is the name of the of uh, Gabrielle Union's character. Oh yeah, so that's a fun tie-in. Oh boy, um, oh, she was not Chase. She was not. <laughs> she was not. Oh, it's like Chastity, and then what's Bianca? I, I'm I'm going to keep calling her Alex Mack, but mm-hmm. yeah, like they're. Their characters are all over the place where when you meet them, they're like, oh, they're so dumb they can barely walk. Yeah. <laughs> but then later, they're like, no, we're smart, and but we just want to have sex, which I like way better. But there's mm-hmm. still some moments where they're like, we're too dumb to live. Yeah. <laughs> they're beautiful and evil. And they yeah. love yeah. As beautiful women are. <laughs> evil. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, so then... Um, Cameron, that is Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, mm-hmm. he wants to date Bianca, and she tells him of this new development where she can date if her sister Kat, if she finds a date. Meanwhile, there's a character named Joey Donner who also wants to date Bianca, and Bianca wants to date Joey right back. Oh, Joey's the hot guy who always has a $50 bill on him. Yes. Right? Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. He's so rich and so hot. He's yeah. got a crisp 50 in his back pocket. That's mm. a lot of money in high school. <laughs> yeah. In 99, yeah. Oh, also in a 99, inflation. Uh-huh, mm. ex- exactly. Joey. Um, so Cameron and his friend Michael. Who mm. looks 40 and it's distracting. <laughs> it really does. He's a grown-ass man. He's on his second marriage. Yeah. <laughs> He paying child support before lunch. <laughs> they like, where you going? You know, I gotta go see my wife. The kids need braces. Like he's grown as fuck. <laughs> There's like the, for the first two scenes, I genuinely thought Joseph Gordon-Levitt's friend was his guidance counselor. Right. I'm like, why is his guidance counselor hanging out with a student so much? And he's like, I'm 14. I'm like, no, no. You are good to drive. Like you have a DUI. Right. He's a full grown man. <laughs> uh, this is a uh, David Crumholtz, by the way. <laughs> Sorry, David. You Sorry. look old. You look old. Way sir. too old. So then so Cameron and Michael identify this guy Patrick, Heath Ledger's oh, character. Right. They're like, Oh, this Patrick guy, he might be a good candidate for someone to date Kat. Now, Patrick is a bad boy, and he is not into this idea. So Cameron's like, oh, well, maybe we could pay him to date Kat. And here's where the story gets a little fucked, where he's like, well, I'm I'm a little poor, so... Sure, I'll invoke the oldest, like the 80s slash 90s classic trope of let's trick a woman for the whole movie, mm-hmm. not apologize, and then get to be her boyfriend at the end. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so many movies. Yeah. Refer back to our She's All That episode oh, for gosh. more information <laughs> on that. <laughs> Um, so, but because Cameron doesn't have any money, he needs a financial backer. So he goes to Joey, the like douchey model boy. His butt fifties, Joey owns <laughs> back pocket fifties. <laughs> and he's like, oh, if you pay Patrick to date Kat, then Joey, you will have a shot at dating Bianca. And Joey's like, great idea. So then that all kind of unfolds where Patrick like tries to ask out Kat. She's not into it. Cameron and Michael go to Patrick to help him out. There's like a big party where like everyone starts to be like, ooh, 
Cat really? and Patrick. Okay. That party Ooh. scene is exactly how I thought high school parties yep. were going to be mm-hmm. and never were. It was never. always Mark Joseph's basement. <laughs> 12 kids sharing one four loco. <laughs> And dry humping each other (laughs) while I played Mario Party in the corner with my other virgin friends. That's how I party today. I will have to say that my high school parties were like those parties. Oh, really? They got to go to like one, but yeah, it was this guy named Chris Saprinit's house. Uh, I grew up in Frisco, Texas, which is like north of Dallas. Okay. Mm -hmm. And his dad was a cop. And retrospectively, my black ass shouldn't have been over there. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But his dad was a cop. And then he would like let us drink and use the hot tub Mm -hmm. and like party in there. So, so yeah. So I I have gone to at least one high school party that looked like that. So those, they do exist. They're not a They do exist. They do exist. Wow. We just were never invited. We just weren't (laughs) invited. We weren't cool. Well, they did exist. <laughs> Mostly in Mark Joseph's basement. <laughs> Mark Joseph just had y'all fool. It was probably a party <laughs> happening that night. Y'all got invited to like, no, 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 no. But my basement going to be lit tonight. <laughs> Listen, I got half an old English 40, okay? <laughs> we all going to drink sips at the cap. <laughs> Pull up. <laughs> oh, gosh. So at that party, like... Kat and Patrick start to kind of bond a little bit. And then Bianca and Cameron are like bonding a little bit. And he gets a little kissed at the end of the he at the end kiss. of the night. And then she leaves that his sound. car. I do have okay. that the kiss sound. That's my kiss sound. I do I cannot It really sets me off. I don't. Oh God. I'm it afraid I can't me. I do this a lot. I can't take credit for it. That is uh my best friend and friend of the cast, JT Taylor. Oh. Uh, that is his job. Joke that I have stolen from him. He's the OG slurper. He is the OG (laughs) slurper. What a name. Oh, it's so He started doing that every time straight people kissed on TV or in movies. So then I just started doing it. That's really Um, Anyway, so the teenagers are, they're horny and they're starting to get together. The teens are frothing. It's crazy. So then Kat and Patrick's relationship starts to develop. But then at prom, of course, because there cannot be a teenage movie that does not end in prom. I'm okay with that. Well, we'll get there. (laughs) She finds out that Joey had paid Patrick to date her. So she gets mad and then he buys her a guitar, does not verbally apologize, bribes her, and then she's like, okay, we can kiss. There's well, there's the, at the in the very last scene, she's in the middle of asking him for an apology, and then he like he, just he, starts kissing her again. Yeah. He's like, no, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. True. This shut is why people up, true. <laughs> He's like, this is why people don't like you. <laughs> Do what those lips are meant for. Demanding respect and shit. Like and then he just like plants on her head. And you're like, oh man, that was a funny example because the guys never apologize in Ever. these kinds of stories. Mm-hmm. But she, the fact that she was literally in the middle of being like, you know, that wasn't cool. Yeah. And he was like, but then he's also Heath Ledger. So, you know, what you gonna do, demand for your respect? Or are you gonna make out with Heath Ledger? You gonna make out with Heath Ledger? Like, Heath, we hit me with your car. (laughs) It's like, it's like the guy's got 10 years. He doesn't have time to be apologizing to people. (laughs) You stole money out of my wallet. (laughs) (laughs) You just let him do anything to you? (laughs) No apology. Oh, he can just kiss his way out of any Everything. situation. Everything. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Well, that (laughs) is the story. Let us take a quick break and we will be back for the discussion. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. And we're back. I have have a question. Yeah? Because maybe I, like, just wasn't paying as close attention as I should have. But, like, 10 Things I Hate About You comes, like, the title with the 10 things comes up at the very end in Julia Stiles' shitty poem. Mm -hmm. But is it ever mentioned before then of, like, uh, I wonder what 10 things I hate about you are. No, that's no. Never, I think the only reference. It's never set up. It's like if uh, someone named a movie like they named podcasts. Like this was the right. highlight. <laughs> <laughs> this was the highlight. Right. It has nothing to do with the movie, but this was the highlight. It's a weird title. <laughs> that was one thing that I like stressed. That poem sucked so bad that I'm like, yeah, a teenager could have written that poem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it was authentic. Yeah, I wrote comparably <laughs> shitty poems in, in high school. But it's weird because she spends the whole movie using such like verbose language and like waxing poetic the whole time. Right? That it's like surely you could have used some of that vocabulary you have to like 
put that into your <laughs> English like, project. Roses are red. Violet is blue. These are ten things I hate about you. Like she goes real basic. I also love the teacher, the black teacher. They're oh, like, yes. guys, great. we need a black guy. He can only have eight lines. <laughs> He's just—he's mean to her too. They're he's, all mean to her. He is mean to her. He like their first scene together is like kind of cool though. I don't yeah, know. yeah, okay. that one's that. cool. But at the end when she does the shitty poem, it's like who's gonna get up and do their poem? And then she's like, <laughs> I will. And like, all right, bitch. <laughs> he's like, whatever, bitch. Get up here. <laughs> he's so mean to her at the end. It's like, why? He he's kicks ne- her out of his class. I think at least twice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's never. Every time she opens her mouth, he's like, I actually am gonna need you to leave. Like, you're pissing me off. He's equal opportunity mean though because he also yeah. makes Joey take his sunglasses off to show that he punch. got yeah. yeah he got his ass beat by Alex mm-hmm. Mack so this might be a good place to start that scene where she where Kat has a conversation with Mr. Morgan is his name it like pretty well sets up who she is as a character so the teacher's like what everyone think of the sun also rises there's a girl who's like i loved it he's so romantic and then cat i hate that girl in an english class who's like i love this man beat the shit out of a woman every day of his life but i think we should give him a chance charles Bukowski is very cool and you're just like ah! uh that's pretty much what cat says she's like uh romantic hemingway he was an abusive alcoholic misogynist who squandered half his life hanging out with picasso trying to nail his followers and then joey says as opposed to a bitter self-righteous hag who has no friends so we got cat being like yeah you're uh, i'm like the feminist killjoy and then joey's like no one likes you every time she says something like vaguely feminist people are like who is this reptile like get her out of here <laughs> the names that she gets called throughout the movie are a bitch a heinous bitch oh, a shrew a wretch a loser antisocial a difficult woman psycho wretched and i think i'm missing some allison Janney's the one who calls her a heinous bitch too which is crazy she's such a problematic guidance counselor she's way too involved she stares at the kids genitals there's like a scene where she's like looking at heath ledger's dick yeah because she's writing horny like fanfic and like erotic fan fiction Super producer Sophie noticed last night, too, that Alice and Janney looks exactly like Dolores Umbridge from the Harry Potter movies Mm -hmm. in 10 Things. She's, like, wearing, like, the pink suit and has, like, the bad haircut. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it's, like, funnier and and the... Oh, in the pearls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had, yeah, she has that, she invented the look before J.K. Rowling, that (laughs) notorious... Mm. what a shrew uh, what a shrew <laughs> what a heinous bitch god uh, so the rest of that scene in the classroom so then uh, Kat says I guess in this society being male and an asshole makes you worthy of our time what about Sylvia Plath or Charlotte Bronte or Simone de Beauvoir and Patrick our friend uh, Heath Ledger bursts into the classroom and says what did I miss and Kat's like the oppressive patriarchal values that dictate our education it's like okay and he's like good and then he leaves again <laughs> Which, uh, I love that joke. He's like, all caught up. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks and for then again. Bye. Mr. Morgan gives this monologue where he's like, oh, you're a white girl who's like rich and entitled. Oh, yeah. Maybe like next time you go to a PTA meeting, you could ask them why they don't buy any books written by a black man. Like, so this whole scene, it has it all. <laughs> 
But the it's thing. He's got everything. Heath Ledger enters and exits within five They're seconds. They're like, we just need some Heath. Just throw him in like, for a second. People are going to get tired. Well, so there's like, a, there's a comment on like feminism and the patriarchy and misogyny. There's comment on race. This whole scene basically establishes how much of a like buzzkill cat is because yeah. she has like strong opinions and speaks out against the patriarchy. But I do like that it's she's also kind of like put in her place of being mm-hmm. like a, a privileged white girl by her teacher. Because it's like at the end of the day, like both of Bianca and Kat, Julia Stiles, they're both fucking rich. And yeah. like a lot of the reason they can, even when Julia Stiles' character like rebels against the patriarchy, she does it in like kind of privileged ways. Like, hitting joey's car Mm -hmm. it's like okay that's cool and that's like putting a shitty dude in his place but also you wouldn't do that if you didn't know your dad was gonna pay for the damages right like you can't just i don't know then you have to physically hit his car with your fists (laughs) (laughs) you have to fight leave your your car out of it (laughs) i am too poor to actually hit your car with my car because she wouldn't have a car and so she's like i'm gonna fight your car (laughs) fight your car (laughs) which would have been more entertaining to be honest Mm -hmm. (laughs) i would love to see julia styles fight a little car So that's kind of the setup of her character and how, like, everyone else views her. And the whole idea of the movie, similar to what it sounds like The Taming of the Shrew is, is that, like, she needs to be softened up. Like, she's too bitchy. Like, no one likes her. So we need Heath Ledger to come along and, you know, show her how to be nicer. She needs to be tricked by (laughs) Heath. Which, this is also such a fucking guy fantasy that, like, you can pay a guy. This is more realistic for women. You, I feel like you could probably more realistically pay a woman to seduce a man than you could pay a guy to seduce a woman. They're not like, good at it. They're not good at it. None of y'all that fine. Like, oh really, y'all? You tricked me. You tricked me into dating. You get the fuck out of here with your magical dick. Like, get out of here. Right. Like, but men love that notion that they think they think it's real that they could trick a woman into falling in love. It's like that's what we do to y'all every fucking day. What are you talking about? Right. It's called your trophy wife. You know your big ugly ass wouldn't be with that fine ass skinny woman if you ain't had no damn money she conned you there's yeah like, yeah and like good for her i don't know <laughs> no great for her i'm just tired of like i mean i guess some gigolos some there are some men out here who probably could like slang it around and well there's that whole industry of yeah. like pickup artists oh yeah that Ugh. works great doesn't it they're always the so game? ugly i have a horrifying confession to make oh no are you a pickup artist jamie <laughs> i've been nagging you for years <laughs> no i slept with someone who had i like woke up and i was like oh my god there's i'm i'm literally next to a copy of the the game oh, with gold embossed no. pages it was a really nice copy of the game it was oh, an gosh. anniversary edition of the game did you steal it and burn it no i slipped out and <laughs> haven't been heard from since but it was what a oh god pickup artist Yikes. bad Bad, bad, bad. <sighs> well, um, so Kat, the other thing about her is that because she's like a feminist, she's also like painted as this like frigid <clears throat> woman who would never want to date like... She, as feminists like, are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why are there so many movies where it's a teen boy tricking a teen girl and then he's the love interest it's like so he's... weird <laughs> i started this off as a con but then i fell in love with you <laughs> like... <laughs> but i got conned by my own con <laughs> <laughs> 
my heart conned me. And now I got and feelings. Now I got feelings. And lucky for you, I got feelings for you. <laughs> so. Right. We're like that. And that's always how it's presented, too. If he's like, well, now I have feelings for you. So congratulations. <laughs> you got like, me. Get out of here. <laughs> I was trying to get you, and you got me. <laughs> and now you're stuck with me, and you have to be my girlfriend, even though I've already established I'm a fucking liar. I like, think this is how men feel about falling in love, though. Like, they're like, oh, I just came to fuck and, you know, steal money out of your purse. But <laughs> but then I started to love you, girl. Right. <laughs> those, those lips on your face, they're good for more than sex pleasure. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> they're good for telling me I'm cool. <laughs> push some real oh. complimentary words about me out of that face of yours <laughs> right uh not not doesn't bode well for keith there's a uh, keith for heath jesus christ <laughs> r.i.p clearly i'm very invested keith Ledger. <laughs> keith Ledger. his oh. hidden brother that sounds like a conspiracy theory <laughs> Keith is still alive. He on the island with Tupac. Tupac <laughs> <laughs> fucking Keith Ledger. <laughs> they, oh. You ain't seen him at Coachella. I saw Keith Ledger. At Coachella. <laughs> it's a real thing. You can see the the Keith Ledger hologram that shut up. <laughs> that's now my new favorite conspiracy theory the ways he goes after like wooing her also so interesting to me yeah he he paid the band off yeah right yeah with joey's crisp 50 Mm -hmm. (laughs) right so now he's he's back in you know in the red like he's not making any money anymore (laughs) well yeah yeah so i i guess you could argue that because he doesn't actually take the money and like spend it on himself no that was his apology was he was like i bought you this guitar bitch (laughs) it's a wash (laughs) i make no money off of this there that whole scene (laughs) where he like i know that's like one of the big like like i'd seen that scene even though i'd never seen the movie with like the marching band and the oh yeah like i but the way that scene unfolds is so weird because it's the julia styles character the second heath ledger starts to french her on the reg she changes as a person entirely as these movies go yes where it's like two weeks earlier if he had pulled that thing with the marching band she would have been horrified and disgusted by it but after he, you know, like whatever, kisses her one time, she's like, oh my gosh, this is so nice. But then there's also like cops chasing Heath Ledger. <laughs> yeah. They're also but in like why? a professional stadium. <laughs> I was like, whose high school got a coliseum in the right. back for them to do soccer practice in? Like, it was a big ass fucking stadium. And like, bitch, we had like three bleachers pushed together. Like, <laughs> the fuck? We also <laughs> have like lawn chairs. <laughs> right. And like, their school looks like Hogwarts. Hair. It it's really so does. crazy. I was like, where did they shoot this? And then, like, the, the PA system is, like, real popping. State He's of the art. On yeah. it. I do love when they spoof that scene, though, in Not Another Teen Movie. And it's oh. like, Jamie's got a, a gun. <laughs> and then so they're like, Jamie's got a gun! <laughs> and they tackle the girl. That. Oh, my gosh, yeah. But it, it's, the romantic pursuit in this movie is 
problematic and much like so many other romantic pursuits we see in movies where like Patrick has to wear her down like she keeps saying no at first (laughs) he keeps trying he keeps pushing past the no he like shows up by her car in a parking lot he shows up at this club that she's at to watch a show like he stalks her and he's and like he is talk about the game like this guy is nagging her at every turn there's Mm. that towards the end where he follows her to guitar center and barnes and noble which is such a high school day that it fucking kills me (laughs) i'm just like where are two places i can just spend an hour in for no fucking reason but you know he's like following her and staring at her through a bookcase and she says like you're so and he's like what charming and she's like unwelcome Uh and then he just negs her the whole scene and it just like reinforces that whole like the more she says no the more she secretly means yes Mm -hmm. which is like the most poisonous thought to tell young men ever and it also only really works or is tolerable at least if the man is somewhat attractive yeah, my mom I, works yep. in HR. Or my mom's a VP of HR for a hospital system in Texas, and she was like, "Attractive men never get called in HR." She's like, "They can kiss you on the cheek, and you'd be like, okay, like, yeah. yeah." But if you're ugly, well, Jamie, it's like your the Buscemi test, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Buscemi test. Put it in the Coliseum scene. If Steve Buscemi comes out of the and he's got a microphone and he's singing "Can't Take My Eyes Off of You" <laughs> and starts dancing. <laughs> He's killed. Yes, he's it's awful. Those he's cops horrible. shoot him down. Right. He's, yeah, he's <laughs> murdered. They murdered him <laughs> in front of all the other high school students. <laughs> they just murder him. <laughs> right. Yeah, that scene does not pass my Buscemi test <laughs> at all. But that scene, because it's Heath Ledger and because he's handsome and charming, that big romantic gesture that he does like redeems him in Cat's mm. eyes, which is like so bad. And then he gets detention for that. And then she goes mm. and she like break him out of detention in that scene where like Jamie, you were saying she completely changes everything we know about her. She changes her whole personality and She's she becomes unshrewd. She becomes someone who will flash her her soccer coach in order to distract him to get the guy that has been stalking her to be able to sneak out of detention so that they can go paddle boarding and playing paintball it's so very weird scene but and everyone's like woo go cat like yeah show show them titties show them titties girl (laughs) (laughs) they're like finally you're doing what we want you to do the whole time (laughs) show them titties Smile, right? <laughs> a, a thrilling moment for the A cups, though. Of like, oh wow, to think that people would want that, us to do that. <laughs> yes, them titties distracted him. Not a popular request. <laughs> tell you what, not a not a popular request for the A cup crowd. So oh, in gosh. that way, a small thrill. Also, that teacher character was like, what was going on with him? Where he he was just like. I don't know what he was doing, but he was so horny at the beginning of the scene and then just grew hornier hornier and hornier and then stopped in his tracks for 10 full seconds by Julia Stiles' A-cups. It was just very weird. She's like assaulting him. She's like grabbing onto his arms. Oh, your biceps are so big and like da-da-da and then flashes. Like... Oh, and God. also that you would distract your teacher like this. Like, <laughs> right. you could have just talked to him like, hey, you know, I had to get my period this month. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, something else that's also Ooh. not feminist. But you gotta <laughs> you gotta show him your titties, though. Right. And they, I, I guess he can't report you. Or I guess he doesn't want to. He wants, I don't Because he know. was fully engaging. Yeah. yeah. But that choice, like, she goes it's from this, so like... Weird. 
militant feminist to like, yeah, I'll Woo! use my boobs to like help out a guy who's been stalking me. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. And like, maybe it's like, okay, well, she's in high school. She's young and impressionable. Like, maybe that explains that behavior away. But also but it's like... it's not commented on at all. It's not so. commented on. Yeah. And then so many of these teen movies where it is like these impressionable young people who are getting manipulated by each other who are like being stalked and it's like oh well they were teens they didn't know any better and it's like well maybe don't set all these movies in high school then like where's the rom-com with people in their 50s everyone's 27 anyways like what does <laughs> they it matter are all 35 Gabrielle Union uh, this is the same year that Trees All That comes out so mm-hmm. the same movie comes out twice <laughs> yeah <laughs> Gabrielle Union is literally in both of them but she's tw- she's 26 in this movie. She's I mean wow. holy shit. And she's playing the same role, the the mm. beautiful mean black woman. Yeah. <laughs> right. In Who's both so- of those movies. She's so beautiful that she couldn't possibly well, be nice. And she's all that. <laughs> she actually leaves her like popular shitty friend and like tries to be friend I mean maybe I'm misremembering this, but I remember her being like the nicer person who's like embracing is... a friendship with Lainey Boggs. Oh, I kind of do remember. But in this that. movie, okay, so I, she I do doesn't wanna... get, really have much to do in this movie at all. Hardly anything. But the one thing that really stuck out for me, so Gabrielle Union's character's name is Chastity. She's best friends with Bianca, the sister. And toward the end of the movie, Chastity shows up at prom, and Bianca's all like, "Oh, what are you doing here?" And she's like, "Don't make the mistake of thinking you were the only sophomore who got invited to prom." So she basically like turns on her friend for a guy, like for this Joey no. creep. And Chastity says to Bianca something like, "Oh, he was only trying to go after you because he had a bet with his friends that he was going to score with you tonight." Chastity knows this and she's still on the date with him. She knows that he was like trying to bang her friend for a oh, bet. I didn't even think and of then that. and Chastity's still like, but he's my date. It's just like, what? Man, what I are mean, you talking about? The pickings are slim in high school, but that they is are. I mean, this movie is a prime example of like women being catty and petty and in competition with each other because yeah. we see Kat and her sister like having a really kind of antagonistic relationship toward the end we see chastity turning on bianca over a guy and it really reinforced a lot of these this idea that like oh like teen girls can't they're they're so petty they're so catty they all just want to be with the man right yeah wait correct me if i'm wrong didn't joey rape cat no what well wait did he (laughs) oh they they had a bad sexual experience together Mm -hmm. right Oh, and that's why she like doesn't like him and doesn't want her sister to date him, but never tells her sister this. See, I could see that being what was it? What did he do? So what happens is that Kat and Joey dated in ninth grade. They had sex one time because everyone else was doing it. So Kat was like, I'll do it too. They had sex. It was not pleasant for her. She decided she wasn't ready to do it again. And then Joey dumps her because she didn't want to keep having sex. So as far as consent goes, it's a little murky, but it seems like she consented yeah, to that it's just not a sexual good experience, time. right? And then she didn't; she wasn't ready. Which, of course, she was in ninth grade, like that's so young. Yeah. And then when he, she told him, "I'm not ready to keep doing this," he dumps her. So that's why she hates him so much. And I feel like it's also implied that that's why she becomes a militant feminist, which I didn't yeah. like that implication either. Yeah. Uh, is like 
Because, like, Bianca references it towards the beginning of the movie, like, oh, yeah, like, she used to be really cool and popular, and then she was just over it for who knows why, because she doesn't know about the Joey thing yet. And then it's like, oh, the only way you can become a feminist is if you've first been, like, really I don't know. I don't know. Like it was just scorned, like, weird. And like, like scorned by men, and now yeah. you take up feminism, right? Very Shakespearean, where it's like, oh yeah, she she was made into a shrew. hell hath no fury like a woman scorned, and now she's an evil reptile who keeps getting sent to the office. Right. That feels like a very like '90s idea of what makes you a feminist. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, yeah. It's like eh, you're on the right. Oh, I see what you're doing, mm. but you're wrong. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll take, take another quick break, and then uh, we'll come back and uh, continue the discussion. Sound good? Sounds great. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast, I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. And we are back. Hi. So uh, a quick thing I wanted to touch on is whenever Cameron and Michael are approaching 
Patrick to it's be like, like Cameron and his old friend, his old his old friend. grown ass man, <laughs> the fucking twenty seven year old high school freshman. <laughs> so they're like, "Hey, Patrick." So we found out that Cat likes pretty guys because apparently they found a picture of Jared Leto in her drawer. <laughs> Basically, they're implying like maybe make yourself a little bit prettier. And then Patrick says. Are you saying I'm not? Are you are you saying that I'm not pretty? I'm not a pretty guy, and I just want to point out that if he was a woman in this movie, and they were like, "Hey, you're not pretty enough. You have to be prettier," there would be a whole makeover scene. Like she'd have mm-hmm. to be made she'd over. She'd have to take her glasses she'd, off and take yeah. her hair out the ponytail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, fortunately, Paula Pudinesca is right there to to pull it off. He's like, "Actually, I'm gonna do this weird, goofy pasta meatball accent." <laughs> And then slap, and then pluck your eyebrows, and you're you're, you're Anne like, Hathaway. I you just did, did Anne Hathaway. Now it's time for right. So, but because <laughs> because he is a man in this movie, he literally does not a single thing to have to change his appearance, and he gets to just keep looking exactly the way he does. So and, I just want to point out, and also projects a confidence that is never lent to teenage girls in movies, where he's like, "What are you talking about? I'm hot." And they're yeah. like, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, never mind, never mind. You are. You're right. You are. Yeah, You're right. Yeah. I felt like there was a weirdly, like, implied, like, no homo moment after that, too, where he's like, what do you mean? You don't think I'm pretty? And they're like, oh, we don't. Uh, we can't see uh, men because uh, of our penis. We, were, we wouldn't know <laughs> because. And then Joseph Gordon-Levitt points to his old ass friend and he's like, did you know he just turned 50? <laughs> He's They're... born in the 1949. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm t- oh, my sciatica. He's like, I gotta go to the chiropractor, guys. It's been real. <laughs> He's like, guys, I can get us a discount at Denny's. <laughs> we should go. <laughs> but more on that. So there's there's a little bit of like casual homophobia in this movie. Yeah. Not as bad as some of the movies we've seen, especially from this era. But I would say like the like Joey drawing a dick on Michael's face is an example of that. There's a moment where Bianca, when she's talking about the photo of Jared Leto, she's like, yeah, I found this photo of a guy in her drawer. So I'm pretty sure she's not quote harboring same sex tendencies. Uh, There's another moment where Cameron and Michael talk about like wanting to partner up with Patrick, but not in like a prison scene way or something like that. So it's just like these kind of more subtle examples it's like yeah it's like clinton homophobia. era no homo yeah which i feel like evolves into an even worse like judd apatow where mm-hmm. it's like 45 minutes of every single judd apatow movie is like but we're not gay we're right. just friends uh-huh. <laughs> right there's literally like a whole movie where, yeah where's what's the J- jason siegel has a friend who's a boy oh i love what's, you man that's the alternate title for that movie. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Right. So worth pointing out that this, like many 90s movies, uh, is pretty liberal with its casual homophobia. (laughs) She's a feminist, so we assume she was a lesbian. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But it looks like she likes dick Mm because we found this photo. She likes pretty dick. (laughs) She likes pretty dick. (laughs) Also, she had black panties. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And That's, I was like, you don't own black panties unless you're having sex. Right. Like, how many teenage girls saw this movie and they're like, oh, no, like, the color of my underwear means something now. I did. Yeah. And my mm-hmm. mom was buying me black panties. So I was like, is this for fucking? <laughs> uh, no, it's so when you get your period, don't stay in your underwear. <laughs> Sexy. No, that's literally what it's for. I'm right. like five years old. I'm not going to be wearing white underwear regularly. Hell no. I don't own no white underwear. No. Oh. Absolutely not. You, you, the, the, stuff comes out of there. Just, you know, <laughs> we're things. Le- we're, we're, we're leaking we're vessels. We're free bleeding yeah. all the time. We're, all the time. Also, full butt underwear. I did, like, that That movie, mm-hmm. like, made me also insinuate that, like, thongs was sexy. And that was the time when people started, like, wanting you to see the thong. I believe that was when oh, we yeah. started hiking the thong up out of the pants. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. But like, so we'd say we were ready for sex. <laughs> That's how you show. It's a literal flag. It's like a flag. Like mounting a oh, flag. I was like, I bought you these because your ass going to chew up the other underwear anyway. So you might as well just get to the point. <laughs> Well, that so that reminds me of a moment in the movie where uh, so it's after the party. Cat is in the car with Patrick. She has gotten very drunk. She's yeah. drunk. She's dancing on a table. She throws up at some point. Uh, she like gets a concussion sort she, of. Right. Yeah. <laughs> He's like taking care of her, which whatever. But they're in the car, and she's like, "You know what? You're not as big of an asshole as I thought you were, even though you've been stalking me." And then she leans in for a kiss. And then he kind of, you can tell that he sort of like entertains the idea of kissing her, but eventually decides against it. And he's like, maybe we should do this another time. And then that is the catalyst that gets her to turn on him again and fucking hate him, where then he needs to do that big romantic gesture of like singing in front of everyone in the stadium to win her back. But like, I'm trying to make sense of her becoming furious at him because he refuses to kiss her when she's drunk, or maybe he refuses to kiss her because he knows that she, because she just threw up or because he is having like a conflict of his conscience where he's like, oh, I, I. I've been paid to take her out and like then this feels like taking advantage of her like I'm trying to figure make sense of this scene I feel like I it's just like a weird writing choice because I feel like the more likely outcome of that would be she'd be super fucking embarrassed and would maybe not talk to him because she was embarrassed that she tried to kiss him when she was really drunk and he turned her down. Like, I can Well, that is what they wor- say. They're like, you you embarrassed her. Like, she's embarrassed. Right. And then that, that manifests tracks- into anger, I guess. But <sighs> what I'm kind of grappling with is like, okay, well, you know, she's this headstrong feminist. But, but by this point in the movie, she's not anymore. Not anymore, no, yeah. really. She's showing her titties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, feminists can show their titties, but she was definitely a feminist who was not trying to show no teeth yeah, before she, that. Feminists don't show their tits to, like, get a guy out of detention. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, well, I would think that, like, or unless she, they do, I don't know. she would appreciate a guy not wanting to take advantage of her when she was drunk, but that's what gets her so mad at him. So I'm just like, it feels like a weird writing choice, which well, I was like, oh, well, this movie's probably written by men and directed by men, but it is written by two women. Two women who have written a lot of famous stuff yeah the writing team is kirsten smith and karen mccullough Mm -hmm. uh so this is their first big thing i guess that this is based on karen mccullough's high school diary called 10 things i hate about anthony (laughs) what Mm. uh but what they've written together is 10 things i hate about you legally blonde 
Ella Enchanted, She's the Man, The House Bunny, The Ugly Truth, uh, Crazy Kind of Love, and that's it. Oh, this makes sense because all those movies are about bitches changing their whole life for a man. Yeah. Like, we blind, the bitch went to law school for a man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I ain't taking the LSAS for no dick. No, ain't dick good enough for me to be out here studying that hard and long Uh, I mean I guess she eventually realized she wanted to do it herself but she was out here studying for dick Mm -hmm. absolutely not too much dick in the world but there is there is kind of like this overture with like where it's like great that a female writing team is getting so much work but the overture in their work that's uh, Ella Enchanted is literally about a woman who is cursed by a witch and cannot say no Oh, that's the yeah. plot. I've she never seen s- it. Yikes. It's, I, I remember reading the book when I was little and being like, this is cool. And then Anne Hathaway was in the movie adaptation. It's about a girl who's cursed and cannot say no until she like falls in love or s- until something breaks the spell. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> she's the man. It's another Shakespeare adaptation. Well, actually, she's the man is the only one I feel like where she she was trying to go play soccer. I haven't, yeah. I haven't seen that. Oh yeah. Oh. oh yeah, you got you guys oh. should definitely review it cuz I, I feel like that one that's the only one they wrote that actually is decent. The that rest works. of them are like change yourself a dick. Yeah, she ladies, she does she dresses up as her brother so yeah. that uh she can play soccer, but in that uh she does find journey, love. she does kiss Channing, Channing Tatum. Tatum's fine ass. So. Okay, I'll watch this movie. Yeah. yeah Wait, Amanda Bynes good. kisses Channing Tatum? Mm-hmm. Hot. Yeah. I love Amanda Bynes. <laughs> I love her. Re- release her. <laughs> so, yeah, there's there's certain choices in this movie, that being one of them where she's like, you refused to kiss me because I was drunk and you might have felt like you were taking advantage of me? Well, fuck you then. Like, right. it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to what me. What bothers me more is the, like, this is, like, latent in most teen movies of this era of, like, kind of the the story rewarding Heath Ledger for doing the bare minimum, minimum. Yeah. of, like, he didn't take advantage of her when she was drunk. What a great guy. Oh uh-huh. my god, he did not even try to attack her. Like give wow. him a million dollars. Oh, He's the you really king of the school. A good one. <laughs> like it's just like okay. There but that happens all the time in movies like this. It's like not huh. Well, it's cuz men in movies act so horrific that whenever they do just the yeah. baseline decent thing, we as the audience are like, "Wow, what, what a hero." Yeah. Uh, forgetting that um, it literally, is... like he didn't rape her. Oh my god, I love him. <laughs> he's a good guy. Yeah, he's a good he's... guy. You gotta <sighs> lock that down, honey. <laughs> Girl, <laughs> a man that don't rape. <laughs> oh, sign me up. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's... and that's literally what it is. Yeah. yeah. Also, the singing notion. I just don't think that anybody can make that look cool. And like they had him like slide down this little pole. Oh and like, yeah, yeah. 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 They, was like, they had him slide down a pole. He's like, uh, if I slide down this pole, maybe she'll slide down my pole. Kaylin, gross. So, do you want to talk about the the sisters? <laughs> yes, beautiful okay. transition. Um, well, first let's talk about the dad because I didn't realize I'm on yeah. the I'm on the Wikipedia page. Their dad is supposed to be an obstetrician. Mm-hmm. What? Right, which makes his character even weirder, where his, I don't know, this was like an element of, I'm sure, something that came from the Shakespeare play that just was never going to translate to modern times at all, because it's so weird, where he's like, I know what I'll do. I'll make my daughters engage in a creepy, perverted bet that's my idea. (laughs) But uh, the the dead character is just very, very bizarre. I don't hate where his storyline ends, 
But his mm-hmm. whole thing is he's he is an obstetrician who's convinced that if his daughters, if he allows his daughters to go on a date, they will get pregnant. Right. Like, he believes this firmly. Because he's always talking about, like, the babies that he delivers from teen moms who, who he slut shames. <laughs> yeah. He shames for having addictions. Like, it's a whole thing. And then he he's obsessed with, like, controlling his daughter's bodies, basically, where mm-hmm. he's like, you can't date because you'll probably get pregnant. And, and it yeah. makes it, he, he does imply that if they got pregnant, it would be their fault. Like, they wouldn't be able to help themselves but get pregnant. Yeah. Which, I don't know. Also, I just didn't understand why he had to... I guess they were trying to validate his obsession with their sexuality through his job. But that's but it's so like, weird. That's so weird. It's not like, would you like, oh, don't be out there fucking. I'm, I'm going to check y'all pussies when you get back. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, like I it's spend, my job. He's like, I spend all day looking at teenagers' vaginas. And therefore, you're like, no. What? Right. Like, these are my qualifications <laughs> for, for uh, being so worried about your vagina. Right. <laughs> like, what? It's just gross. I didn't. That didn't register with me at all when we watched it, and now I hate him even more. Yeah, That's it was really just so weird. creepy because it, it just seemed like that was all he really cared about. Right. He never right. asked them how they days were going, or you know, nothing about these girls. His daughter gets into Sarah Lawrence, and he's like, "Oh, don't go to that school." He's like, Anyways. "Sarah Lawrence, sure, 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 but that hymen, though, <laughs> like, is it intact? Is it intact?" Well, and now especially that we know that their mom left. I'm like, what was that marriage like? Is is he, like, the problem? He might be the problem. I think he's the problem. The the woman left left and and left left all her shit. (laughs) And, like, left her daughters with it. But I'm like, something is amiss with Paola Putin. He also makes Bianca wear that, like, pregnancy suit with, like, the the giant Like, the closest he could get to a chastity belt. Yeah. God. Oh, I guess that at least because I had a question like, why did he just have a pregnancy suit? But I guess he is an obstetrician. That makes more sense. But still, at the house, I don't think so. Yeah, that's in his office. He's not making house calls. They don't do house calls. And if so, put him in jail. Uh, (laughs) I didn't hate where his last scene was not the worst. I'll hand him that where he kind of out of nowhere starts saying like but it's not until he finds out that she's like dating a guy and is like not as much of a shrew that he's like okay i'll let you go to college like Mm -hmm. it's just i I didn't hate it but it was like uh, uh, it's better than him being an asshole a a weird pervy asshole the whole movie right because there is a scene where uh it's after cat has wrecked into joey's car and he goes like my insurance doesn't cover pms he's a feminist icon (laughs) and he's like are you punishing me about sarah lawrence and she's like stop making my decisions for me and he's like i'm your father i have the right to make decisions for you and she's like so what i want doesn't matter and he's like you're 18 you don't know what you want and then he he says you won't know what you'll want until you're 45 even if you get it you'll be too old to use it because when you're 45 sorry everyone you're too old to do anything yeah. a 45 year old woman yeah oh, gross. he's like i've heard of them but they don't come through the obstetrician's office because their often. pussy is too old <laughs> Throughout this whole movie, though, Kat's always saying, like, I want to make my own choices. I know what I want, and I'm going to pursue it. I'm not going to do anything else just because someone wants me to do it. I'm only going to do things that I want to do. So she is, like, 
that to me is like the best example of her being like a feminist character because uh, yeah. uh, you know other times she's like you know fuck Ernest Hemingway and blah 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 but it's like her actual saying it and doing it where she's like I make my own decisions I don't let anyone influence me I'm not going to just do something because it's cool blah 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 like all that stuff I admire that in a character that's nice but yeah their dad is so weirdly controlling about their bodies and their sexuality yeah it's, it's creepy it's, it's too much yeah and the sisters like they of course have to give them that sibling rivalry and pit yeah them against, like her little sister was awful like all mm-hmm. the time and like but i feel like that's something that you see in teen movies and on tv all the time it's like oh they're a teenager so they're gonna be awful i wasn't allowed right. to be awful <laughs> right. i was not allowed to be mm-hmm. awful at all. Mm-hmm. I ain't get no moments. I ain't get nothing. <laughs> like, my mom was like, nah, are you ready to fist fight? Like, like it's not happening. So Your mom sounds great. <laughs> so, like, fucking great. I always see these movies and they're just like, oh, they're teenagers. You know, they're horrible. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, why? That also, like, perpetuates this whole thing that bothers me that I've, like, talked about with my friends from high school now, where I feel like, for me in high school, it's like we watch all these movies where teenage girls are always butting heads and they're Mm -hmm. too petty to get along and there's a million examples of it and it was in high school most of my close friends were other girls Mm -hmm. but I would never say that I would always do that bullshit you know 15 year old line of like I actually get along better with guys because they're less drama and like which is stupid and I was lying but I was like that was what I felt like I had to say to like get through where there is this weird like Especially then, hopefully less so now, but a weird media stigma where, like, women can't be friends with other women because then they'll talk and realize the whole world is a scam. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Then they'll start sharing how much they make and (laughs) realizing (laughs) that they're oppressed. Right. (laughs) And the sister relationship just, like, kind of fell right into that with me where it's... Bianca is written to be a very dumb, horny character, and it always bothers me when, like... There's female characters who, you know, present more traditionally feminine and are more interested in sex. And that is conflated with being stupid Mm -hmm. or mean. Mm -hmm. And that always sucks. But then even like the sister relationship, it's only resolved where they get along by the end. But it's only after all this stuff happens with boys. So they never find a way to meet in the middle without without, the man being the catalyst yeah yeah and it would be such a more fun movie if bianca was just like fucking horny like cartoonishly horny but like not mean or stupid just like wanting to fuck so bad (laughs) because i can relate with that being like a 15 year old that's like ah like she's just so horny she's out of control yeah they don't start getting along until like they both have like a man to right like anger yeah. them or which, whatever and which that trope sucks. of like beautiful girl has nice guy friend who is perfect man but she ignores him God. oh okay i want to yes, talk about the, that the fucking like <laughs> incel loser who follows you around and then you're like i, I feel like that's honestly how my parents got met <laughs> like, oh, no. my dad was just like hey still here and my mom's like all right <laughs> Love them so much. They are oh, divorced. Romantic. Yeah. Uh, so there's a scene early on where Cameron and Mike are talking about Bianca, and Michael's all like, oh, the, her dad won't let her date. And pretty Michael, the exposition, the elderly <laughs> exposition mis- machine right. character. 
And he's like, you wouldn't even have a chance anyway because she's so pretty and pretty girls are so out of reach for us dorks because women who are conventionally attractive are superficial. Meanwhile, they are failing to acknowledge that the only girls that they are interested in are conventionally attractive. Like, they're not looking at, like less conventionally attractive no nope. so they're calling these girls vapid and conceited and but superficial even though they are so exactly but of course <sighs> they don't acknowledge that in any way but we're supposed to, the movie makes us feel sorry for them because they're right. the dorks who can't get the pretty girl why can't that's, we get one of these fine ass bitches like, that's how we get elon musk okay the <laughs> characters like this are why elon musk exists of like the vengeful incel nerd who feels entitled to the women around him and and when when they're not interested in him because he's an asshole he's like i know i'll show you all i'm gonna kill you all and move to space and like <laughs> and like entitled to the bad bitches like come on now yeah. we all know we got mirrors we know where we at <laughs> on the scale you know what i mean you know when you see somebody you'd be like i could bag them versus yeah. when you see somebody you can't and they always are going after the people that are like this is the most popular girl in school she's also one of the most attractive girls in school mm-hmm. so we supposed to feel bad for yo ugly ass you movie ugly anyway like no <laughs> right. these people are actually right. ugly That's Uh, (laughs) right they're like just like wear oversized clothes and slouch and then you'll be the ugly incel that we all feel sorry for but you'll still be attractive enough that when you do kiss the hot girl we're not repulsed right (laughs) no one's gonna call the police (laughs) no one's gonna call the police on you making out with this hot person man it's like nev campbell's character in the craft whenever she like has a scar and they're like oh she's disgusting and it's like no she's nev campbell and And her scars on her back and she covers it up the whole time so she's just a fine bitch like she's fine as fuck but she's sad about something we don't see it's so dumb this movie is well written and funny in a lot of ways where now i'm so interested that because we did a bonus episode on Legally Blonde. Yeah. And that's another movie that's so riddled with problems, but <laughs> is, like, funny. And but... this, I feel like, it, I'm not surprised it's written by the same team because I am I have the same, like, internal dilemma where there's a lot wrong. But I'm like, ah, but the, the, the stuff that's funny is I feel funny. kind right, of gaslit by this movie. Like, I'm like, yeah. it's funny and the characters are likable enough and the story is well-crafted that, like... I feel gaslit by it being good because it, like, makes me kind of forget, like, how problematic so much. There's a moment where Bianca says to Kat, can't you find some blind, deaf R-word to take you to the movie so I can have one date? And it's just, like, (laughs) 1999, back when you could say that in a movie. Right. But, yeah, so, so many movies from this era and even into, like, the late... 2000s and probably you can find examples of it happening even more recently than that where you know homophobic slurs are used slurs that disparage people with disabilities are used and it's just like holy crap why are movies so bad (laughs) they're all so problematic Uh, it's tricky but this is like i i feel like based on the other movies we've done of this era it's like very late 90s girl power where it's uh, you know it's like it kind of looks like it could be good for women Mm -hmm. but it ultimately like ends up doubling down on patriarchal stuff where it's like yeah we're gonna let you read a book now and you can say that men are bad but you still gotta end up with one and he is gonna be fooling you the whole time (laughs) he's gonna be awful the guy that you end up with right i think it was maybe it was like i feel like everything kind of has like a 
inching kind of process. Like we never really get to just bust out the gate as women. Mm -hmm. So maybe this was like just enough feminism that you know the network and the executives were like, ah, okay, yeah. okay, we'll take it. But yeah. she does fuck Heath Ledger at the end, right? Because uh, we're gonna need that to happen. We're gonna need that after he tricks her and doesn't apologize. Even right. better if she asks for an apology and he puts his mouth on her. <laughs> right. Yeah, if she if she asks for an apology, make sure he interrupts her with his face. I feel like that was like their caveat. They were like, well, we're, we'll have her ask for an apology. But I, 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 don't let it finish. It's progress. <laughs> progress. This is good. Oh, she Bianca does punch a guy and knee him in the balls. With such goofy sound effects. <laughs> Those sound effects are so loud. It's like, boom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, Not a good I like that job. scene because it was like, all right, she she's punching <laughs> a like, guy kablam. for her male date. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, there's a sword noise at some part for no reason. <laughs> like, why did that happen? Like, we, just, room. we just let it go. It's the 90s. Her hands are knives? Sure. Great. <laughs> Love it. Feminism. I did I did like seeing her kick his ass at prom. Yeah, because usually you see two guys fighting over a girl, but this time you see a girl fighting a guy for a guy. And then there's a toxic masculinity moment of like, take your sunglasses off. You got beat up by a girl. A Yo. girl with boobs and vagina. <laughs> <laughs> You're a weak man. With boobs, yeah. And vagina. She hit you with her boob. That, that teacher. She <laughs> Be ashamed. <laughs> Do you know if you hit someone in the face with your boob, it does make a sword noise. <laughs> that's, that's just, that's just the, like the rules of feminism. <laughs> Uh, there's also a moment where Bianca, whenever she's in her like French lessons with Cameron, asks him in French, when are you going to ask me out? Because heaven forbid she ask him out. Why can't a woman just ask a man out? Yeah, Sadie Hawkins, bitch. Yeah. Let's do it. There's, there's one more moment between the two sisters I wanted to cite before I launch myself into space. And that was... And I don't even know where I fall on it. I just think it's interesting that it happened. It was... Julia Stiles says to Alex Mack, you don't always have to be who they want you to be, you know. And then her saying, like, you don't need to dress or act in a way to get guys to like you. Fair point. And then her sister responds by saying, I happen to like to be adored. Like, I happen mm. to, and And I kind of like that, too, where it's, like, it's almost similar to the scene between like Kat and Mr. Morgan where I'm like, ah, they're both kind of right. Where it's not wrong to like, I'm now I feel defensive. I'm like, it's yeah. not wrong to like <laughs> attention all the time. Right. Uh, but it's not, you know, it's like, she's not doing anything wrong by doing that. Mm -hmm. But also it's like, I don't know. It seems like a nice older sister moment to be like, Oh, you know, if you don't want to do this, it's not like required that you do it. Right. It doesn't result in anything in the story. <laughs> so no, they keep doing the same bullshit right they after. They will do the same bullshit no matter what. But mm -hmm. at least they said it. That's like the whole deal with this movie. Is like they say a lot of feminist stuff and none of it has any uh, impact on the story. Yeah, right. they don't do it. Right. They yeah, just yeah. say it. Actions, ladies, come on. <laughs> They're like, this is all the patriarchy would let us get away with. It's just like a few <laughs> nods at us being free and mm -hmm. owning ourselves, but also not doing those things. It's <laughs> got to sound good on a t-shirt because then men can make money off of it. And yeah. That works. 
I would like to think that after this movie ends and she graduates from high school and she goes off to Sarah Lawrence, meanwhile, Heath Ledger stays in Seattle and like maybe, I don't know. Frazier's intern. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And uh, they never see each other again. Like, I feel like they just, you know, they dated maybe for that summer. And then she's like, all right, I'm going to go off to study biochemistry to become a woman in STEM. Woman in STEM. That's I my think Alfred Molina would have done a better job than Paolo Putinesca, but ultimately he would never accept a part that would be so reductive towards young women. <laughs> so that's it. That's yeah. my feeling on that's the Alfred sure. Molina beginning, middle, and end for this movie. Uh, does anyone have any other final thoughts about Ten Things I Hate About You? No, it just it just left me really wanting things in high school that I would never get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, this movie has a whole slew of problems, one of them being that, you know, he manipulates her throughout the entire movie. And like so many people are complicit in this manipulation where like Kat's sister is in on the whole thing where she's like, yeah, help me do this. And and that's also not realistic because since when can high schoolers keep secrets? Right. (laughs) Like ever. This would be busted within 12 hours. For sure. Like uh, the whole school knew and they just didn't tell her. Right. There's no way. There's no way. So he's manipulating her and I would say the manipulation isn't as bad as we see and she's all that but it's still inexcusable that he's accepting money and then of course does not apologize for it he bribes her with a guitar so he takes the money that the guy gave him to date cat gives her a guitar with yeah, broke into her money. car yeah right. <laughs> yeah. broke into her vehicle uh-huh. <laughs> and left a guitar also he only knows she likes guitars because he was stalking her stalking her at yeah, the guitar center he followed her to the guitar center that's the only God. reason he knows about this is because he was literally like hanging out in the bushes stalking her <laughs> right then he broke into her car for mm-hmm. this romantic gesture and that like reinforces the other another thing that i feel like you know you tell young men this enough and it just becomes a part of their reality where it's like oh you can substitute being emotionally honest with yourself and others by purchasing things or doing nothing at all and just assuming people will go along with it there's so many moments where he has to redeem himself in the movie because he has fucked up so badly some of those times it makes sense and some of it doesn't but like the the grand gesture of the song singing in front of the whole school the buying of the guitar and it's like like he's doing this to redeem himself but he's not verbally apologizing and he shouldn't have manipulated her in the first place which the movie fails to acknowledge right but uh yeah so it's just oh man one of these teen romps where everybody i love i love a good romp but Mm -hmm. i don't know i i don't want i i i still i liked the movie god damn it right it's also a very expensive gift you know yeah how much high school was it like a two thousand dollar guitar i just got rid of my worst boyfriend's shitty acoustic guitar this year because i'm like yeah this kind of has some value to it and (laughs) i i yeah i'm like i have some assholes stuff did you sell it or did you throw it away i just left it outside and i (laughs) put a sticky note on it that said this used to belong to an asshole you can have it oh my god a cursed guitar that's That's a movie jamie (laughs) the cursed guitar (laughs) it's my good luck chuck guitar (laughs) what a time to be alive what a time indeed well should we discuss whether or not the movie passes the bechdel test oh yeah Yes, it does. It does. Here are some of my favorite passes, if I may. <laughs> There's some funny ones. Uh, Bianca says, 
there's a difference between like and love. Like I like my Skechers, but I love my Prada backpack. And what a plug! <laughs> right, go Skechers. <laughs> they said, "How can we get people wearing these ugly ass shoes again?" Ninety nine. That's like peak Skechers. Too. It was. Yeah. That and Sacconis. Was... Yes. Oh, Sacconis. Sacconis and Skechers, just notorious ugly ass shoes. <laughs> Skechers. They used to have those. Do you remember they had those little pockets? And kids are like, "What's it for?" But they were for condoms. Oh. I'm like, who's keeping a condom? in their shoe anyways <laughs> Sophie was Sophie keeping is. a condom in her Sophie shoe. raised her hand can't, can't have a bag can't possibly have a bag no no no, no, no. right well, yeah uh. like hey get my wet shoe condom <laughs> let's do this let me shake it off real quick you ready for me to put this in your orifices <laughs> like, I know that this is going on the most sensitive part of your body but it's been in my shoe for three years that's <laughs> fine Anyway, sorry. Oh, so Bianca says that, and then Chastity says, but I love my Skechers. And then Bianca says, that's because you don't have a Prada backpack. So uh, great, great uh, capitalism happening there. Very, very nice. Um, there's a scene with uh, Miss Perky, uh, Alice and Janney's character, where she's writing horny erotic fanfic in her <laughs> office on work hours. She was so horny. <laughs> so horny for the kids. She was frothing. It was Ugh. horrifying. She says, Judith, what's another word for engorged? Judith says, I'll look it up. <laughs> Miss Perky says, swollen, turgid. Cat comes in and says, tumescent. <laughs> and then Miss Perky talks to her about how she's a heinous bitch. There is mention of a testicle retrieval operation, which I found oh, yeah. to be very funny. Yeah, so that's that's pretty much that conversation. But part parts of that pass. Chastity says, I know you can be overwhelmed and I know you can be underwhelmed, but can you just be whelmed? And Bianca says, I think you can in Europe. Yeah, a lot of dumb girl exchanges <laughs> past the past the back. They're actually a whole like asking questions like what is what is what words mean? <laughs> exactly. Does anybody know synonyms for sex stuff? <laughs> Another one of my favorites is Kat saying, they're at the party, Bianca, wait. And Bianca says, please do not address me in public. So it's like, don't talk to me, bitch. There's a similar funny one in She's All That where there's the one that passes the Bechdel test that's like, I think you should kill yourself. (laughs) And the girl's like, that's mean. (laughs) Uh, But it passes a lot. It passes between Kat and Bianca, between Bianca and Chastity, between Kat and Miss Perky, between Kat and her friend Mandela, who we didn't talk about, but I feel like she's hardly worth mentioning because she loves William Shakespeare and that's just fine. Good for her. Um, good for her. She's a scholar. Let's rate the movie on our nipple scale, shall we? Let's do it. You give it nipples for how well you think the movie treats women. Mm-hmm. Zero to five Your. nipples. Your. Um, I doth giveth Ooh. this filmeth. Yes. One and a half beer flavored nipples, because oh, yeah. that is a quote from the movie. Sounds gross. <laughs> <laughs> Give me, give me a Mike's hard uh, flavored nipple. <laughs> what kind of, like, are we talking about IPA? Oh, how yeah. happy is oh, the nipple? Because mm. if it's a, I've declared myself too old for Coors Light. Congratulations. I'm too old. 
God damn I, it. I'm going to say it's like a, a like a chocolate stout nipple oh. for mm. me. So one and a half. We already talked about how manipulative the characters are to each other. Yeah. How the guy who's doing most of the manipulation, the two guys who are like behind this whole scheme are the ones who end up with the girls at the end. They don't have to apologize. You just get a guitar and everything's fine. Take a girl sailing and she'll love you forever. I know from experience. Awesome. Uh, (laughs) This is a very white movie. The few characters who are people of color are mostly just kind of scenery in this very white story. I do like that teacher character, Mr. Morgan. I stand for him, but he does not get much screen time. Yeah, so it's just so many problems. I still enjoyed watching it, which hurts my heart to say, but I find it funny. The funny parts I, are fun. Yeah, it's, it's just... I'm glad I didn't watch this movie more as a teen because I think it would have gaslit me a lot and made me like really misinterpret a lot of things and really influence what I thought romance was supposed to be and what I thought relationships were supposed to be. And I'm, I'm glad that I wasn't consuming a lot of that type of media at that age. Instead, I was watching, you know, movies where action heroes punch a bunch of guys and then uh, there's only one woman in the story and she doesn't get to do anything. So all media is terrible and (laughs) yeah if this movie if this movie mcfucked you when you were younger let us know Mm -hmm. interested in hearing what is the movie that fucked you up the most right Um, so uh yeah one and a half uh nipples and i will give one to cat and one half nipple to her friend mandela Cool. I will, uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a one and a half, too. That that seems about right. Um, yeah, the thing I think I like least about this movie is that it kind of makes a concerted effort to make it so that there's no feminist argument that you can make by there being like, well, but this character is a feminist, and she says this, and she says this, and she says this. And it's like, that's all done with the assumption that you're not going to challenge the fact that the movie is about her being stripped of those things mm-hmm. and having her change and then ultimately challenging men and, and authority in general less yeah. in order to be happy. So plus, I mean, and you made a bunch of great points and I, but it's a, it's a funny movie. A-cups. The dad character. Paolo Pudinesco really blew it in this really one. He really blew it. was just like, I look at teenagers' vaginas all day, and then I get home, and I can keep controlling them. It's all I can think about. <laughs> he's a little tween badge. He's tw- his life revolves around tween badge, and it's disturbing. Can we please never say that phrase again? Yes, it's an awful phrase. <laughs> it's actually our, our merch now. Um, uh, so I'll give it a nip and a half. And I'm going to give the half to Bianca because I feel like there's there's more more there. And then I do like that she, at the very least, comes around on that Joey character and she's like, oh, he's a vapid idiot. I'm going to go after this guy who is setting up a whole scheme, a whole Ponzi scheme to yeah, make the around fifty dollars. The scammers the sc- really win in this they movie. They really do. Everyone. Her best friend is conning her, like not trying to be her friend at all. He's never actually interested in a real friendship. He just wants to be with her, but mm-hmm. thinks she's too hot. He's like, "How do I get close to this fine ass bitch? <laughs> I'll be a friend." Rubbing his hands, drive her around. <laughs> yeah, he lies about. <laughs> 
He lies about being able to speak French just so he can tutor her. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And she's so dumb, she never will she realize notice. that I don't speak French. <laughs> <sighs> like he's on Google Translate the entire time that they're together. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> just like, parlez-vous, you parlez what? Hold on. Je, hold on. Je me sexy. You sexy, dumb woman. <laughs> Let me look this up. Uh, and then I'll give my other nipple to um, what's his name? <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt's old ass friend. <laughs> he gets the other one. He needs uh, it. He's suffering. <laughs> I like David Crumholtz. If uh, only the old ass friend had hooked up with the guidance counselor who was so horny for kids. What if he, he's like? He's like, my secret is I'm your age. <laughs> and then she's and then, like, good enough for me. She's like, okay, I have 500 pages of really horny. <laughs> fan fiction <laughs> let's do this is she also so horny because she's old and it's like now that you're over 45 you're useless i think that, that <laughs> we didn't get no into that yeah that does seem like a slightly ageist thing or like a woman there's like a, a lot of times like when there's like a, a woman in, in a professional position it's like oh she's she's so single that she's demented right? like when she's older she's throwing women herself sing- into her work because she can't get no ditch see I think we're filling in the blanks I think she is in a polyamorous several polyamorous relationships I think that she Ooh. just is very sex positive and very horny and embracing her sexuality I hope so okay. we're just gonna have to say that that's what's happening I'll yeah. roll with that I'm, <laughs> I'm good with that I remember the first time I saw an older woman having sex on TV it was Viola Davis getting her box eight on how to get away with murder hell yeah oh, and I was like yeah. oh fuck I don't want to watch my auntie get her her box eight. <laughs> but then I was like, shit, I'm going to be an auntie one day and I'm definitely going to still be getting my box eight. So I was like, you go, Viola. You get your box eight on here by this fine ass man. Every week I want you to just be fucking in your office. Can that be the first, the, the cold open to every, <laughs> to every episode it's just Viola Davis God. fucking on the stack of files. I love- <laughs> She's like, I'm going to get you off for this murder but first, I'm going to fuck this fine ass man. She's so unprofessional in that show. It's fucking She's nuts. So- Unprofessional it's and so I love good. it. It's so good. They had her fucking everywhere. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a deposition, but but let's fuck in the courthouse. She's like, but first, I gotta fuck the judge. <laughs> Before my deposition. He's like, we need to go to recess. She's like, yes, we do. Say what you will about network TV, but it is fucking wild. <laughs> oh yeah, Shonda's done so much for network TV. She, yes. she let me watch Analingus between two gay men. And I said, yeah. Yes, this nice. better be primetime network TV and a lingus. <laughs> yes, us and all of our mom's friends are all watching it, yep. which is kind of amazing. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so amazing. Uh, well, Lacey, thank you so much for being here. Oh, wait, Lacey, how many, how many so nips much fun. do you give it? Oh, right. Oh, uh, I give it, I also give it one and a half nips. Mm. But one of the nips is like almost could be mistaken to be a black person's nipple. Ooh. Mm, yeah. yeah that's we, how we much that's how much like diversity was in this movie that i was like <laughs> it was 90s diversity like they make fun of it in not another teen movie where it's like the black guy only says that is whack right but even as they're making fun of it in that movie they're doing it because the black guy literally only says that is whack the right. whole movie <laughs> I like, it's like movie. a conundrum like a paradox <laughs> yeah they do the joke but they also subscribe s- to yeah the, the problem the problem <laughs> yeah and i feel like that's what this movie does is like it talks about like oh feminism and woke shit but then it also like tells you 
yeah with the actions that no you come on now be a happy bitch who shows her titties right that's all that's all what men want is yeah. happy women yeah like dress cute and show their boobies more more show your tits more you're gonna be a shrew until you get some good dicking yeah and then I'm you'll be happy i did just find out that joseph gordon levitt's old ass friend david Crumholtz plays bernard the elf in the santa claus series oh what? yes he, he does he was my crush <laughs> This is confusing. I have to go home. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll let you go. Lacey, okay. <laughs> Lacey thank you so much for being thank here. For this has it. been so, so much fun. Where can people follow you online? Is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, you can follow me at D-I-V-A-L-A-C-I on all platforms, the oh, Twitters, yes. the Instagrams, all mm-hmm. of the things of the like. I'll be in Insecure Season 3, the third episode, literally for like two seconds. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Enjoy me for two seconds. But I'm in the trailer. I'm the that black girl. Awesome. Um, and then watch Pop TV. Watch Pop. Watch the network Pop. <laughs> we'll do it. I'll be on there soon. Just, just really tune in and keep that network afloat, guys. <laughs> just turn it on and keep it on. <laughs> you don't even got to watch. Turn it on. That's what I did for Luke Cage. I would turn that shit on and get in the shower. That shit was boring, but I watched it because I support black art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, hell yeah. Just, just stream me. <laughs> Don't watch. You just have to have it on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can follow us on social media as well at Bechtelcast. You can go to our website, Bechtelcast.com. Uh, we've got our merch there. We've got our episodes there. There's all kinds of goodies to explore. You can subscribe to our Matreon. Yeah. It's $5 a month. You get two bonus episodes every single month. Ooh. And it's a damn good special. Hey, uh, Jamie yeah. uh, and Lacey, there aren't 10 things I hate about you. In fact, there's nothing I hate about you. Wow. And, so, and Sophie. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> She's like, and then Caitlin just took out a scroll in regards to <laughs> And uh, she Sophie? hit Sophie with her titty. I, I hate Swing. <laughs> Sophie and Andy, I love you too. I love everybody. Uh, Aristotle, love you. Love you, Aristotle. Aristotle's literally wearing his feminist icon shirt today, and it's it looks so good. Okay, all right. uh, Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating Pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit-tested for all-day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. 
Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.